0: Hey, uh, so if we haven't met, my name is Matt, and I am uh, one of the pastors here, Uh, and then this is my uh, friend here, uh, our fish, and uh, his name, or her name, I suppose, is uh, Sir Swims a Lot, so uh, I got him yesterday at the pet store. I was going to name him Goldie, um, like all the other goldfish in the world, but Stacy said no, his name is Sir Swims a Lot. My daughter, Emily, is in town, and she thought his name should be Jonah, but anyway, (laughs) (laughs) Kind of clever. Hey, uh, welcome uh, to River Ridge Church. And uh, as Stacy said earlier, if you're new, we're having Discovering River Ridge right after this service for 10 minutes. Um, But also, if you have been around for a while and you would say hey river ridge is my home church i'd like to become a member uh we're going to offer a membership class uh on the 13th and 20th of march it's a two-week class so you'll be here for both weeks we'll have lunch after the second service uh and then share some things answer some questions and then give you the opportunity to become a member of river ridge church if that's something that you would like to do uh and so you can sign up for that on the river Ridge website at sign up for anything This morning we are going to be in John chapter 8. So if you have your Bible, open up to John chapter 8. Uh, And if you do not have a Bible, you can probably find a Bible app on your phone. And if you don't have that, uh, the verses will be behind me on the screen. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning. Uh, Just the opportunity to worship, to be together, to see how all of us Uh, giving an extra dollar can influence our community in such a great way. Lord, thank you that we could come alongside that school and just be a blessing to the teachers and all that they lost in the flood, Lord. And uh, God, I pray that as we look into your word this morning, that you would show us, that you would teach us, that you would help us really to hear truth from you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. When I was in high school, so I went to high school in Cincinnati, Ohio, the Bengals lost last week, kind of sad, but not the point. Uh, So I went to school in uh, Cincinnati, and there was a mall that was being built uh, called Plummet Mall. And they they were advertising on the radio for this place called Plummet Mall, and their kind of tagline was an underground mall, so it was going to be nine floors underneath the ground. An underground mall where prices are so low that they'll never see the light of day. And so people began to kind of speculate, hey, where is this mall going to be? And people were looking for kind of big ditches that might be this mall. Um, But eventually it was revealed that the mall, this Plummet Mall, was a complete hoax. Didn't exist, wasn't going to be built at all. And it was um, an advertising firm basically was showing the power of radio advertising uh to see how many people would recognize plummet mall through just radio advertising and by the way like if you're a millennial a radio is what existed before spotify and there are these dials and it was like 88.7 that was that was the, um but anyway so but it was this originally interesting thing and i remember it all the way from back then because who were talking about the buzz of plummet mall plummet mall but it was a total fabrication this morning, we're continuing our sermon series, and it's titled, Set Free. And we're going to talk about what are some of the lies that we believe. And the question that we're asking is, who is lying? Now, if you are new to Riverridge Church, uh, or you haven't been here uh, in the month of February, we're in this series, which is titled, Set Free. And what we're talking about is this idea that as we walk with God in this life, as we journey with God, there's times when we kind of get stuck. And how do we get free from whatever it is that we're stuck in so that we can live the life that God wants us to live? And so that's what this series is about. It's a four-week series, the four, weeks, uh, the four Sundays in February. If what you hear over the course of the series, you're like, I really like this. I wish it was longer. I want to dig in deeper. Stacy mentioned earlier that we're going to do this Freedom in Christ life group, which will begin in March. It'll be a 10-week deal, it'll be an hour and a half or so uh, every Tuesday night, but it's an opportunity to be together and kind of discuss these things more thoroughly. So J.T. Dora is going to be leading that. I'm going to be a part of it. I'm very excited about that. One of the reasons that we miss out on freedom in Christ, on being set free, is because we live according to or we believe lies. We believe things that are not true, about life. Now, oftentimes, I would almost say the best of these lies are not bold-faced lies, but they're half-truths or twisted truths that we end up believing. There's an element of truth and an element of a lie, and we combine those, and it leads us astray from experiencing the freedom that God wants us to have. And really, we haven't talked about specifically, but this idea of believing lies, it actually stretches back to what we've talked about the previous couple of weeks. If you remember the very first week, we talked about who am I in Christ? Who are we in Christ? And one of the things that happens is that we believe lies about who we are in Christ. For example, if you are a Christian, if you're a believer in Christ, then you are forgiven. But sometimes we can believe the lie where we go, who am I? I am unforgivable because of what I have done. That would be a lie that we believe. Or last week, we talked about the question, who is your father? Who is my father? Who is God? And there can be times when we believe lies about who God is. or We have these half-truths, these mixed-up truths, these twisted truths about God. And then maybe we sometimes believe that God is distant and uncaring in our lives. But in fact, he's present and always with us. But maybe an unanswered prayer or just feeling kind of a distance makes us think that God is removed. But the area that I want to talk about this morning when it comes to lies that we believe is this idea that we mistakenly believe that freedom is found where it was never meant to be found. So all throughout the Bible, God says this is where freedom is found. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says this. It says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. When we are living with God's Spirit in the bounds that God sets for us, that's where maximum freedom is found. And so that's why I brought my friend Sir Swims-A-Lot here. That if you look at him, where is he most free? Right, he... Is, or she, is most free in this aquarium, right? Now, the fish might think, well, this is kind of cramped in here, and I, I, I really want to kind of spread out. And so the fish says, you know what I want to do? I want to go sit in the front row. Like, that looks like a great seat over there. I want to sit there in the front row. Well, what's going to happen to Sir Squim's lot if he sits in the front row? He's going to die, right? Or he goes, you know, man, drumming, that looks so cool. I could hold the sticks and I get the camera on me. Like, yeah, I want to drum. But if he's in the drum cage, he's not going to survive very long, is he? That freedom is found within the boundaries, with him within the waters of this aquarium. Now, you might even look at this and say, well, I don't know, it kind of feels like that aquarium is kind of small. And, and it is, if I could have had a 50-gallon aquarium out here or in an ocean that would have been a better illustration but the fact is that a fish is most free when it is in the confines of the water a fish flopping around on the beach is not going to live very long and the same is true for us that freedom for us is found within the boundaries that god establishes for us but some of the lies that we believe are lies that freedom is found outside of God's boundaries. Freedom is found over there, and they're twisted lies and half-truths, and we're going to get into some of those, where we think, man, life would be better over there. So where do these lies that we believe come from. Sometimes they come from other people, just as we have grown up or as people have had voices in our lives and they say, no, do this. That, you know, God is too constricting. L- live this way. And they may say that overtly or maybe more subtly. Or the world around us, the culture around us, oftentimes speaks to us about live this way it's okay to live this way it's not what god says not what the bible says but it's okay to live this way and we miss out on the freedom that god has for us when we listen to what the world says but there's a third source of the lies and it's satan or the devil and and we're going to focus on the lies of satan this morning and i realize that depending on who you are and where you've come from the whole idea of talking about the devil might be a bit like that's kind of weird like that's kind of awkward i'm not so sure there's a real devil out there and pitchfork and red tights and all that kind of stuff And we have these kind of images and we're not super comfortable with that And it's like i'm not entirely sure i believe all the time that god exists and it's a pretty big step to say well there's a satan who's out there tempting me and things like that but here's the thing as if you are someone who believes in god And you are someone who believes in Jesus, then the fact is that it's Jesus who talks about Satan, whose name the devil, he talks about him, and so we can learn from what Jesus says about Satan to learn kind of about the way that he lies. You know, one of our favorite verses to quote, and maybe ours, River Ridge or people in general, is where Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. Right, that's a verse that you've probably heard here. Maybe you know that, just it's John 10, 10, you know where it was from, but I have come, that's Jesus speaking, that you may have life and have it abundantly. But the first half, that's only the second half of the verse. The first half of the verse we sometimes leave out. The first half of the verse says this, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. The thief that Jesus is talking about is Satan. He wants to do in your life. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to steal our joy. He wants to kill our peace. He wants to destroy any attempt that we want to have of moving towards freedom. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at this passage in John chapter 8. And it's an interaction that Jesus is having with some Jews about... um, kind of what they believe and what they don't believe. And it's, it's kind of a dense passage, and we'll pick some things out to help us to understand this. But we're going to begin in verse 31. So it says this. It says, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So he says he has this phrase. He says to the Jews who had believed in him, and it's a past tense. And um, as we'll see this unfolding, he's he's saying you you had believed in me, but you don't believe in me anymore, which is kind of an unusual phrase. Uh, we won't take the time, but if you look back in John chapter six, Jesus gives an especially difficult teaching in John chapter six, and there were people who were following him around who appeared to be disciples, but then basically said we don't want to follow you anymore. The way that John writes in it says, they turned back and no longer followed him. And so it very well could be that the Jews in this chapter, chapter 8, are ones that turned back who were following him previously. But it says in here, verse 32, it says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. That's what this whole series is about. Then when we know the truth about who God is, that sets us free to live the way that God created us to live. That sets us free to live the way that we want to live, to experience maximum freedom in our lives. When we know the truth, it sets us free. And it continues in verse 33. It says, They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham, and we have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say we will become free? So they're kind of offended by this, statement that jesus makes he says if you know the truth it will set you free and their response is how can we need to be set free we are already free we've never been enslaved to anything that there was a lie that they were believing it would be as though we put this fish and he's just flopping around on the stage and i say to the fish hey you're not free he goes no i'm free i don't you know i'm not enslaved no you're gonna die there right? And and I I put him back in, or he says, no, don't put me back in. But that's what they were saying. They said, we're not in trouble. We've never been enslaved to anything. We're fine. So the conversation continues. Verse 34 says, Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever, and the son remains forever. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. They answered him, Abraham is our father. So there's this dialogue kind of going back and forth. But the key thing I want to see here is what he says in verse 36. He says, The Son sets you free. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. The key to our freedom is found in Jesus Christ. That he died on the cross for us, and that he wants to be in relationship with us. The Son sets you free, and we are freed from our sins. And then they answered him: Abraham is our father. And then Jesus responds this way. Jesus said to them, "If you are Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works your father did. So what? And again, it's a little complex here, but basically they're saying Abraham is our father." And Jesus is saying he's he's, he's our biological father, but he's also our spiritual father. And so what Jesus is saying, he's saying that's not the case. He may be your ancestral father. You may be able to trace your generations back to him, but he's not your spiritual father. You are not doing what Abraham would do because Abraham lived by faith and they were not willing to place their faith in jesus they said no you are not the son of god he says you're trying to kill me and so that shows that you are not true spiritual children of abraham and it says this verse 41 and this just to warn you this is a a bit of an odd verse and it says they said to him we were not born of sexual immorality we have one father even god And you read that, and I read that about 10 times. I'm like, what in the world does that mean? Why would he say, we were not, why would they say, we were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. And so I'm reading commentaries, and half of them skip over it, and there's different kind of opinions about it. But basically, here's, um, and I'll be perfectly honest. This is my best guess of understanding what this means, is what he's talking about and you kind of got to understand a little bit of old testament um kind of theology and understanding but in the old testament when the people of god when the israelites would worship another god other than yahweh other than the lord they would call that spiritual adultery and they say you're worshiping another god you are committing adultery and so what they're playing on here they're saying we were not born of sexual immorality. They're saying we only have one God. Because Jesus is saying Abraham and Abraham's God is not your God. And saying, no, 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 we only have one God. It is God our Father. So that's kind of their defense to it. Again, I don't want us to get lost in the weeds, but it's an unusual statement that I want to at least acknowledge and address. But then it says this. And this is verse 42. It says, Jesus said to them, If God were your Father, you would love me, for I came from God, and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. So again, Jesus is saying, you're believing a lie. I am from God, but you don't believe it. When we started a few minutes ago, asked the question about being set free and, and what does that mean and here's what we're talking about the jews in this story they believed a lie and so they would not be set free by what jesus has to offer they didn't believe the fact that jesus was in fact god jesus makes it very clear in verse 44 he says you are of the father the devil and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar, the father of lies. Jesus says that Satan is the father of lies. And as he, as he talks about this, he says, look, the character of Satan The character of the devil is that he is the father of lies. And so whenever he speaks, he speaks in lies. And you have believed what he says. If we go back to what it says in verse 48, it adds kind of some weight because Jesus is referring to their father. And when they hear Jesus say, your father, they're thinking God. But when Jesus is saying it, he's saying, your father is the devil. Go back to verse 38. And it says, I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father, meaning your father is Satan. You have believed his lies. Now, again, that's a pretty dense passage. But I want to ask you a question. If I were to say to you, this is what Satan says, Satan says to do this, or Satan says to not do that. If, if you knew that that was Satan speaking, the devil speaking, would you do it? All of us would go, no, of course not. If I knew that that was Satan who was speaking, if it was something I would know that it's a lie because he is the father of lies. right? If we know it's from him, we're not going to follow it. But here's the thing, and here's the reality about Satan, is that Satan... Is not a bold-faced liar that Satan is a sneaky liar Satan is deceptive and subtle you know the um the plummet mall thing that I mentioned in the beginning this mall that was being built underground in Cincinnati total lie total fabrication but there was enough kind of truth and trickiness to it they were like that sounds cool what a great slogan prices are underground solo all that kind of thing and so as we look at the character of Satan we recognize A few things. I want to read about three verses that help us to understand Satan's tactics. First one is John 10, 10, which we've already read. It says, The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. It says that he's a thief. Think about how thieves work, right? If somebody is going to rob your house, they don't knock on the door say, Hey, how you doing? I'm, I don't know what thief's name, I'm Roger. Sorry, famous. I don't know any thief's name. I'm I'm one of the wet bandits. There we go. And you know, and I'm gonna steal your TV, and I'm gonna rummage through your china collection and steal your fancy jewelry, and then I'm gonna be out of here. Like no thief goes into a house like that, right? Or think about internet thieves. I mean, does anybody send you an email that says, "Click this button"? Enter your bank account and security, uh, social security numbers and I'll steal all your money. Like, no, it, it's way more subtle than that. It's like, hey, respond to this, do this. And they subtly take, you know, our identity thief and that thief and that kind of thing. The devil is the same way. He is a thief, but he does it in ways that are underground or underhanded. Verse uh, 1 Peter 5.8 says this. It says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. I don't know if you've ever seen like Nature Channel or things like that or videos on YouTube. But lions prowl around looking for that gazelle to devour. They don't go bounding up to the gazelle. They crouch and they wait. And they wait until that lone gazelle gets a little too far away from the pack. Or they wait to the one, the gazelle, who's a little bit older and can't quite keep up, and they wait, and then they pounce really quickly. And that's the same thing that God, or excuse me, that's the same thing that God wants us to avoid in understanding Satan's tactics. That Satan gets close, and we get, allow him to get a little bit too close. And then we make these bad decisions because he pounces on us. And he sells us these lies about, you know, hey, it's okay to look at that. You're feeling kind of lonely. Or we might be, you know, a little on the ouch with our friends. And it's like, you know, just go ahead and share the gospel. They're going to find out anyway. And he twists these lies in a very prowling sort of way. give you one more verse. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Excuse me, chapter 2, verse 11. And and right before this, the context is um, Paul is writing about the importance of reconciling relationships and specifically about forgiveness. And he said, and then he says this, in order, he says, so you must or do forgive one another in order that Satan might out, outwit us for we are unaware of his schemes. And if you think about that, Satan has schemes. He has plans that he is working, he has plans he is laying, he has traps that he is laying for us. And I almost think about him like a good chess player. You know, like I, when I play chess, I'm just like, what's the next move? What's the next move? But you know, if you know anybody who's a good chess player, if you've kind of seen that, like they're thinking two or three or four moves ahead. And that's the same thing that Satan does. He's thinking, like, how can I orchestrate this relationship here to make the person step there and then step there and then fall into sin and miss out on the freedom that God wants them to have? You know, it could be, I'll give you kind of a couple examples of schemes and, and him sort of working in our heads and the lies he puts there. But, you know, it's, it's when we've, um, you know, we're considering, you know, a sin. We know it's a sin, but we're like, ah, should I? And, and God, or, and, me, and, and Satan puts in our head, like, you know, you, you've already committed that sin once, so what's the big deal? Just, just do it again. Or, and this is a really good example, this next one, of how God, um, God has truth, but Satan will take that truth and twist it. You know, and so sometimes what Satan will say to us is go ahead and sin because Jesus is going to forgive you anyway, right? And that's a like, that's a tricky truth lie mixed together because will Jesus forgive us? Yes, but go ahead and sin is the lie, but he's trying to get us to break fellowship with God. You know, another one that, um, that Satan uses is this idea of, Um, of trying to keep us away from the truth. You know, we do something during the week that's just dumb. We know it's sinful, and then Satan gets in there and says, you know, don't go to church. Like, because you did this thing, and if you go to church, you're just a hypocrite when you go to church. So you shouldn't go to church, and and keeps us away from where we need to be. So here's the question. How do we not fall to the thief? How do we have maximum freedom? How do we not believe the lies that take us away from the tank, so to speak? So we live in the Spirit, uh, with the Spirit in freedom. I'm going to give you just two things. The first comes from verse 31 and 32. It says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So the first thing is know the truth know the truth. Spend time in God's word. Learn God's word. Understand God's word. Know it. Remember it. Meditate on it. Journal on it. Whatever it takes. But the more that we know God's truth, the more that we will recognize the lies of Satan that sometimes they are very subtle. But the more that we know God's word and abide in it and are with it and with him, the more we will recognize the lies when they come. And then here's the second comes from verse 44. It says, "When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies." And so here's the second thing, is name the lies. Name the lies. Recognize the lies that Satan frequently puts in your brain, in your mind, and name those lies. Recognize what they are. You know, a few years ago, I wrote down five lies that Satan tells me Uh, and i wrote them down so that i would remember them and recognize them more quickly because they sometimes come in different forms and I'll, i'll give you just two of them the first lie is this is your significance is found in the ministry that you do that's the lie that satan tells me he says your significance matt is found in the effectiveness of the ministry of the church of the ministry that you have but that's not the truth the truth is that my significance is found in christ's love for me not in what i do here's the second lie uh is it's this lie that there's something that's wrong and it's going to lead to catastrophe you know on a scale of one to ten ten being awful and one being not really too bad you know something is like a two or three on that scale And then Satan gets into my head and goes, man, this is a nine. This might even be a ten. This is going to blow up. And it causes all this anxiety in me. And so I miss out on the freedom of living in Christ. And so I have to combat that with the truth that God says, I have everything under control. You don't have to take this thing that's not that big of a deal and make it this huge thing because I have all things under my control. You know, those are two of the lies that, that Satan puts in my brain. Um, but each person is different. And, and the things that affect me may not affect you. And the things that affect you may not affect somebody else. And I think Satan knows sort of what's going on and what are our trigger things. The message this morning, and we're going to wind down here, but the message this morning, I think it, the, the, the important part is not so much what we've just said right now the important part is knowing the lies and knowing the truth Um, and so what i want to do is i just want i know this is a lot to take in so i just want to give you some time to hear from god just to give you a few moments to hear from god that he would speak truth to you and that he would also show you the lies that you might believe Um, so if i could ask you just to bow your head for a moment And I'm just going to give you a couple of prompts to help you to listen and to hear um, from God. So if you would begin just by asking God to bring to mind the lies that you might believe about yourself. Would you ask God to bring to mind lies that you might believe about who he is? now would you ask God to reveal to you lies that you might have believed since childhood that you heard from your parents or from when you were younger that he would bring to mind those lies now ask god to bring to mind lies that you believe about money and stuff and things And now ask God to bring to mind lies that you believe about sex and sexuality. ask God to bring to mind lies about what you believe about significance and importance and value and freedom in this life. heavenly father thank you for speaking to us this morning lord help us to continue to recognize the lies that the father of lies puts into our heads and that instead we would believe the truth about who you are that we would believe the truth about who you say that we are and that we would believe the truth about where freedom really comes from and where to live that god help us to remember this not just today but all week and the rest of our lives, that we would constantly know the truth and recognize the lies. I ask this in Jesus' name, amen.